It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hi, Murray. Hello. Did you hear Murray say hi? Oh, my God. (laughs) That sounded fake. That cat meow? Yeah. Yeah, he was singing. He was saying, Alexander Hamilton. There he is. Alexander Hamilton. Do you see how bad he is? Yes. He's being crazy. This is my life. Welcome to Book Squad Goals. This is Mary with special husband of the pod. Tied. <laughs> Wait, why is he special? Our husbands are special too. He's special no. to me. <laughs> the most special. She didn't say your husbands aren't special. Well, when no, you say also special, special husband of the pod, it makes it seem like there are unspecial well, husbands of the pod. Well, I think in my pod. head I was thinking special guest. Yeah, oh, okay. that makes sense. That's true. You are but a special guest. he's recently been elevated yeah. to husband, so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. That's yeah. special. It's a promotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he leveled um, up. Level up. Congrats. Welcome to the next tier. Thank you. Yeah. Now, uh, can I join a group chat with Ben and Justin where we yeah. just, like, talk about books? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Justin won't say a lot. He'll mostly probably yeah. talk to you about home projects. That's fine. Or TV. Y'all watch a bunch of TV shows. Actually, he just read Annihilation, though, so he does have things to say. I could feel it somewhere in... Like, I was like, someone's read Annihilation. In the air. <laughs> um, yeah, when whenever someone together, reads Annihilation, Mary gets a, a shiver through her body. It's very good. It's <laughs> very good. Um, so, let's just get down to it. Today we're talking about Hamilton, the great, uh, greatly successful Broadway musical written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, starring Lin-Manuel Miranda. Um <laughs> It has been huge on Broadway. It has a multiple touring productions, and most it pissed recently, off Donald Trump. It pissed so that off was Donald cool. Trump. Most recently, it has 
been released. Um, a original cast recording has been released on Disney Plus. But to get us into thinking about a musical about history, if you could pick another historical figure or event to write a musical about, who or what would it be? I'm going to go because I don't want mine to get stolen. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Um, this is Susan and 1000% Anne Boleyn. <laughs> um, but if not Anne Boleyn, if that's like too famous already, then Catherine Howard, who was the fifth wife uh, of Henry VIII and also lost her head. Literally, not like, you know. Lesser known wife. Nice. I'll go. This is Kelly. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Cleopatra. Oh. I think that would be cool. I think the set design could be really awesome. The costumes would be beautiful. Uh, yeah. Um, should I go next? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go for one that's kind of topical. Um, what's your name? Oh, I'm Emily. Alexander Hamilton? Yes. Um, I'm going to go with um, John Lewis. I don't know. Oh, man. Good choice. I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's been a few days for people listening, but it's still pretty recent. Um, as of our recording, John Lewis, um, who was an American civil rights leader, um, died yesterday. Um, and, yeah, he's... Uh, from Atlanta, so I obviously like feel some sort of affinity for him because of that. Um, but yeah, I just think I've been thinking about him a lot today, obviously, and thinking about like um, how how much I like don't know about him, and I think yeah, it'd be same. interesting yeah. to like research that um, because he is a really important figure and was like still doing really important work up until when he died. Um, so yeah, Yeah. I almost got to interview him for that, um, that civil rights trail project that I worked on. It was like scheduled and it was going to happen on my birthday. And I was so (gasps) nervous weeks in advance and it ended up not working. Roger, I'm telling a story. (laughs) 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 Mommy's on the phone. Um, But yeah, it, it didn't work out with like, travel schedules and stuff. Um, but I was, I, I really wish I had gotten to, um, yeah. Yeah. But we'll write the musical and yes, that's what, that's going to be our project now, I think. Um, cause I know so much about writing musicals. Same. Todd, do you have one? Um, I have so many that I can't pick one in my heart. I would love there to be a musical about Chester A. Arthur who's a very inconsequential president that no one even remembers. Well, there's an Andrew Jackson musical, so there's like, an there's Andrew a Jackson chance. musical, so I think there could be a chance. And it would just be sort of like a boring musical about this guy who didn't really deserve or want to be president and then became president anyway. I think there could be something interesting about that. But I think a more actual answer is I think Eugene Debs should be uh, known more about. He was an actual uh, socialist candidate for president. He ran for like five times in the early, ah. late 19th, early 20th century. And I just remember he has this quote that's like, as long as one person is in jail, none of us are free. Like he has, he's like a very inspirational, 
A guy, and he's like an actual socialist. The word socialist gets thrown around a lot. Yeah. So I think like actually learning about our like socialist heroes in America would be useful. Human people yeah. misuse that term. Yeah. Occasionally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say what I always say. Like anytime anyone asks me to like pinpoint a historical event that I'm really interested in, I always say. Uh, Russian attempts to get into space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the story of Laika, the rocket dog. Aww. And I would love a musical about Russian attempts to get into space from Laika's perspective. Mm-hmm. So here's the question. Do they get a real dog or does a person? A person. A, dog? a person. Okay. Like, I think you would have to Lion King it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I was going to volunteer my dog, but. I like the, I feel like that's a surreal concept that would. Yeah, I, really like, I think it would need to be really trippy and strange mm-hmm. to work. Mm-hmm. Maybe we have like a, like a puppet dog that transforms into the human who will play it. I don't know. Yeah. It could be good. It could be good. Yeah. I love it. I would see all of these musicals, except maybe the <laughs> Chester A. Arthur one. Yeah, that one would. If that could be just for me, I would enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, you probably, if you're listening to this, you probably don't need much of an introduction because this musical was so popular a few years ago and the hype hasn't really died down that much. Uh, Hamilton came out in 2015. Like I said, it's a musical by Lynn manuel Miranda. You might know him from his other Broadway musical that was a pretty big hit in the Heights. Coming out next year, I think June 21. Yeah, which has got a film adapt- adaptation coming out, question mark. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that. You might know him from a little movie yeah! called Moana. Yeah. Or you might know him from his weird turn <laughs> yeah. on his Dark Materials. Which was like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. And like, no, I mean, the show like, what, is really what is good. What doing on this show? Very, very good. <laughs> Yeah. He, he also was in the new Which American that, Fox. if you haven't seen it, don't worry about it. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah. It's not good. Like, that's fine. You're good. <laughs> it was fine. No, it if you're, gonna, good, if you're like, should I watch His Dark Materials or Mary Poppins? I'm going to say His Dark Materials. If you're trying to choose a Lin Manuel well, Miranda yeah. joint to watch next, <laughs> just skip Mary Poppins, is what I'm saying. Hamilton the Musical follows, and like, maybe you could gather this from the title. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton, who the musical claims has not had his story told yet. Uh, this is kind of untrue, considering the musical is based on a biography by Ron Chernow. But, uh, I mean, I guess we're not here to really investigate that. Also, I don't know why, but like, Maybe this was just at my high school, but I feel like we all knew about Alexander Hamilton because it was one of the only, like, fun, interesting things that happened, that he died in a duel. Yeah. So, like, yeah. all of, the all of like, the, the, like, high school boys that I was friends with were, like, obsessed with this one story and, like, that we learned about in history. And people were, like, always joking about it and stuff. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. That's fair. So, the musical basically starts with Hamilton's rise to political prominence examines his marriage to Elizabeth Schuyler, and then sort of culminates with his fateful duel with 
his political rival and friend question mark friend frenemies. Aaron Burr. <laughs> They're like Blair and Serena. Yeah, friend of me. They're exactly true. like Blair and Serena mm-hmm. yes. from Gossip. Obviously Alexander Hamilton is Serena. No. Oh, I was gonna say he's Blair. Oh, absolutely not. Aaron Burr Aaron Burr is Blair. But Aaron Serena's Burr's like Blair. the centrist who yeah. just wants to please everyone. Yeah, but she's also like the one who like isn't cautious and like would jump in a like fountain and like be crazy and uh yeah. XOXO. There are arguments to be made. Write a, in and a tell us which one is which. We, we Some, need to know. Someone's gonna write in and be no, like, Aaron Burr, Burr is, is actually Dan Humphrey. And I'm gonna be like, no. Nah. Aaron Aaron Burr is Sit gossip down. girl. Yeah. My wrist. <laughs> Anyhow. Okay. Todd, do you want to ask your first question so you can get your joke in? <laughs> Guys, I feel very... This is... Yes. Before we start talking about the musical, now airing on a streaming service owned by a large media corporation. Plus, what was your familiarity with Hamilton before watching this streamed version? I'm, very, I'm still very proud of it. That's the sound Plus. of me opening my white claw into that joke. <laughs> Claws out. Um... Because I asked the question, I will answer it and say, uh, I have been, I, I guess, a Hamill fan. Oh, boy. Are we doing this the whole time? I'll stop. That's enough. <laughs> Are we doing this? No. Um, uh, my sister got me the musical soundtrack Christmas 2015, I think, or maybe, t- I think 2015. And uh, we listened to it on a car ride with my parents, and I was sobbing by the end of it. And then I've been just down the Hamilton rabbit hole ever the since. The Hamill hole? The Hamilton. Ham- Ham- I don't like that. <laughs> Hol- I know Hamilton? it's terrible. <laughs> Who got you the stickers, though, Todd? No, That's what all. really sealed the deal. Uh, you know what? My my good friend Emily got me some Hamilton stickers, which I put on <laughs> my laptop, my old laptop. Oh man! Um, and okay. I had, I think all the, right. I had one of them like on my like where you where I rested my hand, and it got the Skylar sisters yeah. didn't have skirts. The oh, Todd! Skirts by the end because I had my I guess wow. my finger oils. Had... <laughs> well, this is I don't want to. Oh, your finger sentence. oil! Oh man, I'm good. Wow. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh, this isn't this isn't going anywhere public, right? This I... is just us talking. <laughs> yeah. Also, I mean, I'll just kind of piggyback off Todd and say I was a fan of the musical. Like, around the time it came out, I don't often get an opportunity to see Broadway shows live. I've never seen a Broadway show on Broadway, but even, like, touring stuff. But I listened to the soundtrack a lot. I watched a bootleg of it, Mm -hmm. like, and was pretty into it. I got the Hamilton when it came out. And then, most recently, uh, Todd's mom took us and Todd's sister to see it. Um, when it toured and came to Nashville around Christmas time. Yeah. So we got to see it live and it was really good. I bet it was good live. It was fun. Mm-hmm. So I had kind of been avoiding it, not because I didn't want to see it, but just because I wanted my first experience to be actually um, seeing the play rather than like listening to it or like watching it online or anything like that. Like, I wanted to get the full experience um, because I felt like, I don't know, like as a child, my parents would get me a lot of like soundtracks and I would listen to them first and get into it and stuff. Um, 
But like as an adult, I haven't really been able to like just listen to the music from a play and like really appreciate it fully without context. Um, yeah. I don't know if my attention span is just not the same as it was when I was a child or what. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was waiting. So um, I mean, obviously you can't avoid some like references to Hamilton because it's like so pervasive in media. So the, the first time I had, I saw the play or like heard most of the songs was watching it on Disney plus. Um, but one thing that I think kind of spoiled that experience for me is like some of those moments I had already seen like parodied right. before. So like the, especially like that, the int- the intro, like mm-hmm. that rap in the beginning, like I've heard so many parodies of that, that I was yep. like, I had such a hard time, like even taking it seriously. Um, so I think that kind of got ruined for me. And like, if I had like listened to it first, maybe it, I wouldn't have had that same experience, but yeah, that, so it, that was my first time seeing it. Uh, I've, I've watched it twice now. Yeah. So, yeah. I will uh, piggyback off of what Emily is saying and say that I have the same sort of experience with like not really enjoying listening to musicals until I've seen it and then I'll go and listen to it like over and over again (laughs) uh but I mean it also depends on because like after watching it I'm like you know I I probably would have enjoyed it because almost the entire musical is actually in the music Mm -hmm. where there are some there are other musicals where there will be like whole scenes that play out as like dialogue scenes that aren't gonna be on your soundtrack or whatever um, where this is like pretty much almost completely sung or wrapped in some way. Um, so, but, but also it's still like, it always helps me to be able to like see the characters, like see who is singing because, you know, I just like want to be able to identify people and also the dancing and all that stuff definitely gets me more yeah. hyped about it. Uh, so I had also heard of it a lot. I had heard I had heard some of the songs just because like oh my god the most annoying thing that ever happened in my life was that I was at a Christmas party at work for karaoke and then this group of girls hijacked the karaoke machine and just sang the entire Hamilton soundtrack <laughs> this group of white girls by the way of uh... course um in a, who work for a publishing company so it was real it was a <laughs> lot uh to take in um, well, now, well, now, but anyway, Kelly, you live in New York. Are you telling me you didn't have eight hundred dollars to shell out to go see Hamilton? S- surprisingly, no, I, I did mm. not have eight hundred dollars. Oh. Suspicious, interesting. Hmm. Yeah, uh, I know. Uh, and sadly, like maybe if I had heard about it before it blew up, I could have gotten in. But unfortunately, it blew up. I didn't hear about it. Too. Yeah, until yeah. yeah, it was too late. Too late. Um. So yeah, I I hadn't listened to it like uh on purpose <laughs> at all before I watched it. So this was also my first time like fully hearing the music and I also watched it twice. Yeah. Woo-woo. Susan. Yeah, I had not listened to it or seen it until yesterday. So I'm like yeah. real <laughs> brand new. I knew like I had heard just from like being a person uh, alive in America in the last few years. I've heard like chunks yeah. of songs here and there. Um, and I've, I know like certain references to the play if I hear it, but I hadn't actually watched it. So a lot of things came together for me <laughs> when I watched. Um, and one of my best friends who works in theater is 
a huge fan. So she's been like begging yeah. me forever to do this. So I had to, I told her today as soon as I was able, like, Hey, I did it. She's like, tell me everything. And I'm like, Oh, we're going to talk about it for like <laughs> two hours. So, <laughs> so, Hey Katie, yeah, this is for you. <laughs> I guess. Hmm. Should we, should we say like, what did we like and dislike about it? Sure. Did we like or dislike it generally? Yeah, like did you Oh, we're just gonna start with that off the bat. Well, my first talking point that I actually have here is how does this musical portray women? Does Eliza's story get told? And I'm like, well, that seems like really <laughs> yeah. yeah. As a brand new person, Aggressive. I'd love to talk about likes and dislikes. Just to hear what everyone yeah, else please. thinks yeah. about this too. People who know it better than yeah. I do. <laughs> I'll start. Yeah. Um I like loved it, yeah. you know. I mean, I think it's very good. I think it's kind of like undeniably good a good musical, yeah. you know. Like good as musical theater. Mm-hmm. Like it can be debated and I'm sure we'll talk about it later in the episode about how this portrays history, sure. etc., yeah. like all these different things, but on a on a basic level of storytelling and music, I think it's pretty hard to argue mm-hmm. that it's bad. I think uh, I like one of the main criticisms I've seen of it on Twitter, other than the historical element and the like glorification element, uh, is that it's corny. And I'm like, it's a musical. Yeah, it's yeah. Musicals yeah. Musical. get corny sometimes. Yeah, you like, like if you don't. If your problem with a musical is that it's corny, you don't like musicals. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that's what I be telling you know, people about like, fandom fine. all the time. When people are like, yes. "Well, isn't it kind of yeah. over the top and crazy?" I'm like, "It's a fucking musical." It's like, called Phantom yeah, like, of the Opera, <laughs> not right. like Phantom people, of the Suburbs. Also, like watch Love Never Dies and get back. To the love never dies. <laughs> I want to write Phantom of the Suburbs now. Phantom of the yeah. Suburbs. Coming oh, man. Uh, Anyhow. Let me do an off, off, off. Musicals off, are campy. That is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's to me, that's it. not yeah. really a criticism because it's like, it's like when someone says they didn't like something because it was boring. I'm like, well, that's just your opinion, man. You can't like, you can't just say like, I didn't, uh, like, this wasn't for me, so it's yeah. bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, like, um, right. so I'm a huge fan of musicals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So personally, I have a problem when people say they don't like musicals. <laughs> like, that's a that's a hard thing for me, because I'm like... It's a personal it's, It is. It's sort of like when people mm-hmm. say they don't like cats. It's kind of, like, on a similar level for me, because it's, like, so yeah. much a part of, like, my my, like core like loves and yeah upbringing because like i said like my parents brought me up on like sound musical soundtracks like yeah my grandmother brought me up on music so so i definitely yeah feel like it's a part of my personality right and like somewhere i just like you said like it feels so like undeniable like watching hamilton i just sit back and think there's so much talent behind this you know yes Mm -hmm. like when you sing on Broadway, there's so much talent behind that. You have to learn choreography. Like, even if the choreography to a viewer, like, seems simple or, like, you're not even noticing it, um, it's – everything is choreographed, right? right. Like, I mean, if you're yeah. not noticing it, they've someone's probably done their job. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, in the, the link that I just sent you guys 
um, and we can like add this in the show notes, but it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a recent, um, video of the cast answering questions about the musical. And like one of the things they talked about was how difficult it was to learn, um, helpless and satisfied the choreography for that. Cause yes. they basically had to learn the choreography one way and then like learn how to do it backwards. Um, meanwhile, yeah. like while they're doing this, they're singing and they're not just singing. They have to emote, you know, like, yeah. right. um, and this is one of the things like I was trying to explain to Ben because like Ben is not a huge fan of musicals and it's something that right. might break us up one day. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm like, he you does know, love cats though. So he does love cats. Yeah. Thankfully, not, not the musical. Not the musical guys, but yeah. That's um, the musical. <laughs> right. Yes. Don't have time for that. Wild. Okay, never mind. I love Cats the musical, by the way. I do um, too. Yeah. Anyway. But it really, is wild. But yeah, I think I think <laughs> the thing you have to understand about like singing in a musical is like you're acting and singing at the same time and like mm-hmm. you have to do a good job at both. Yes. Um while doing choreography, like while like it's it's a lot and there's so yeah. much talent behind it. There's so much talent on every level, like the people doing the staging, the costuming, the writing, the music, like, and like, it's just so much talent that comes together that like a musical like Hamilton, that's just like really well done. Like, I don't understand. I have a hard time understanding how you can't appreciate that. Like on an artistic, on a talent level, you know? Totally. And like watching these performers, like you also have to keep in mind, like these people are doing this every day. Yes. This, It's, like, so exhausting. Like, I used to work at a theater, and, like, I would see these people in rehearsal for months, and then they would be, you know, they work every night, and they do this, like, exhausting, emotionally draining performance, like, every every single night. Mm -hmm. They work their bodies, like, ridiculously hard. Like, we, we had literally, like, a chiropractor who was, like, like, part of our, like, sponsorship who would, like, come and, like crack the actors' backs and stuff oh and like, fix their bodies because wow. they were all, like, dying yeah. by the end of whatever they were doing. And, like, there's so much, like, not only do you have to, like, emote with your face and your voice while you're singing, but, like, in a musical or in a play, like, you're going to have people sitting far away from you. So you can't mm-hmm. do it all with your face. You have to do so much acting with your well, body. Well, you have to do subtle things for the people who are sitting close, and you have to do big things for the yeah. pe- Like, it has to work from every area of the theater (laughs) right Mm -hmm. it's just like so like admirable yeah and yeah so i i just think like i think i agree with you that when people say like i don't like musicals like i understand if it's not like what you go to for enjoyment but i think it's like it's hard for me to hear anyone insult any kind of art and say like like I like that's bad or like I don't like that yeah, right. as though it like that means it's not valid right. and that means it doesn't take yeah. skill you know well and also like it's not as if the actors are singing like twinkle twinkle little star up there right <laughs> like they are some of the right. like it's really complicated like if you if you look at something like satisfied Renee or Elise Goldberry Renee Elise Goldberry is who plays Angelica who plays Angelica is so has good has to do some like just looking at the the like muscle in her throat yes. when she's singing satisfied is like you can see how mm-hmm. hard she is and like singing. if yeah. she messes up like you don't that's a other like i think really wonderful thing about live theater is like like yeah. that's it like however you perform it like that's what's going out there that mm-hmm. night because yeah. like you yeah. don't get to do another take of it so like yeah. and out of 
so many musicals I've seen, like, people barely ever mess up. Yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is, like, amazing, exactly. you know? Well, I just, I also love this idea. So, like, Chris Jackson was in the height, was in In the Heights, which Lynn Manuel Miranda wrote. And I just love that he was, like, sitting down and writing Washington. And he was like, huh, who should be Washington? Oh, yeah, it should be Chris Jackson. And, like, to have the, like, the, like, the gravitas or the charisma needed to pull off someone who the audience is already going to have all these associations with and to do it in such a way that I think brings out like new elements to Washington. I think the thing that this musical does that I, I think I have really come to appreciate like in watching this version is that it takes these people who are these like pedestals, right? We mostly think of them as like statues or people in a history book and it really makes them people again, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that we think about the fact that like, oh yeah, probably the founding fathers were horny sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> but there's like multiple songs about how horny they were. We all or, know like, that Thomas Jefferson is the, the horniest of the oh, Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, that's one of my favorites. Um, but or like, <laughs> well, we know like, it is, Todd. We heard what you did to the skirts of the Skylar yeah, Sisters. No, sorry. <laughs> you know you relate. Or yeah, like we when we when we first meet George Washington, he's like scared and like doesn't think they're gonna make it, right? Yeah. Like that whole song that he sings when we first meet him is about like how they're outgunned and outmanned, etc. And that's um, probably George Washington comes out of this looking real good. That's probably which, how Chris Jackson yeah, moved yeah. on to his greatest role of all time as Moana's father. Probably. <laughs> oh, is he? Mm-hmm. I I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I will say there is like a little bit of a same. click around Lynn Manuel Miranda and a lot of the oh, same yeah. people pop up in, in various uh, things yeah. he does. Anthony but Ramos I think is going to be in the movie in the yeah, yeah. yeah. he's going to be so such a good excited. and also like he was in Twenty One Chump Street, which was like a little thing yeah. for NPR. I mean, like, oh yeah, I loved that. I don't think that's this American Life unusual though. No, to have no. like a group of people you work with, it's just something fun. Yeah. Just an interesting thing. So speaking of just like how hard people are working, that was like, I mean, Justin and I watched it together. So actually, he can get in the group chat if because he'll, he'll talk about yes, Hamilton. Yes, yes good. Um, but like we were being so quiet the whole time because we were just like not wanting to like miss anything because so much is happening with like every breath. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. that like when there was a tiny moment of pause, I was like. Are they like Olympic level athletes? Because this is insane. <laughs> and to do that every day, like I can't imagine. Yeah. And just the amount of Some, prep that went Sundays into the first twice. time it happened live yeah. is like, yeah. I was like, this is blowing my mind. <laughs> but um, on a writing level, like I think my favorite thing is how, and this is like a, I'm going to sound really um, poetry geek right here Todd so help me help me out but um, the way that rhyme is used throughout is so fucking good like and so Mm -hmm. um like varied the way that it happens like it's just like that is just good fucking writing and that was impressing me the most like I really want to listen to it separately from watching just so that I can on a sound level just listen to the rhymes the whole time. I was just going to say really quickly in the song My Shot, like Lin-Manuel Miranda has spoken about this a lot, but like it starts off with Lawrence and uh, Lafayette and Mulligan rapping and they're doing the like, like a very like sort of like grade school, you know, schoolyard rap like my name's John Lawrence and I'm here to say (laughs) 
I like to rap and I rap it, you know, like that kind of thing. And he has specifically talked about when he was writing my shot, he was trying to pack as much rhyme and wordplay into every line as he could. So as soon as Hamilton like starts rapping in that, you can immediately tell that he's on a different level from everyone else. And so it's like this way that I don't know that like most people are going to think like, oh, well, Hamilton's really rapping much better than those other fellows. But it's like a subconscious way. Yeah. For uh, well, Lin Manuel, because it's Lin Manuel Miranda, so he's not rapping better than them. But <laughs> he's not rapping better than them, but he is rapping more uh, complicated. He has written a better rap yeah. than them. <laughs> yes, he has written a better rap than for them. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then their their raps do become more complicated later and mm-hmm. in other um, in other numbers also. But yeah, that just really is like the thing that impressed me the most. And I hate that I've only had time to watch it once before now because. Um, before talking about it today, I mean, because I I just want to talk yeah. about yeah. rhyme for like about two hours. I mean, David Dix. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We oh can, my god, David Dix, so good. I can't like the, he, I. What I love the most <laughs> is De- after you know Hamilton kind of blew up. David Diggs did some tour, some touring, and like press junkets and stuff, and he. I I don't remember what late show he was on, but he was on one of the late shows. Um, and they were like, your rap is so fast. It's the fastest rapping I've ever heard. <laughs> um, what song is it in? Guns and Ships. Guns and Ships. Yeah. Like, it's the fastest rapping I've ever heard. And he was like, oh, um, no. <laughs> I can't rap faster than that, actually. <laughs> and then he, like, proceeds to do part of a rap from, um, the experimental hip hop group he's in clipping and it's just like insane. Wow. Yeah. yeah. He is so, so talented. Yeah. He is very he is very attractive. Um very yeah, talented. I was gonna have a, a he's Kelly's so talented at looking good. But it wasn't enough to make me watch Snowpiercer. Oh no. <laughs> see I do want to watch Snowpiercer. I'm skeptical but I do really love that movie, so I do. Yeah, yeah I I'm try. gonna give it a shot. I just have not been in the mood. Um, I've never been attracted really to a man with a French accent because usually I'm like, ew, like you're French. But um, <laughs> that's just how I feel about Frenchmen. Yeah, uh, yeah. But when he was doing it, I was like, oh, <laughs> what that tongue do though? Yeah. Mm. Can you imagine the strength of a tongue <laughs> no, that can I can't. that fast? <laughs> but I uh, will think about it the rest of the day, probably, since you just said it. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about it. <laughs> Guys, I think I have to actually... Oh, I, I hear someone. I have to leave. You gotta go, now. Todd? I gotta go. Sorry. I just have a feeling my dad's gonna listen to this episode. <laughs> Sorry, Charlie. Sorry, Charlie. Oh, oh man. <laughs> we have needs. <laughs> uh... Now I do want to get it. Now we're done with the fluff part and in questions Boom. only. Uh, this so this musical is about Alexander Hamilton and to some extent Aaron Burr and the other political figures surrounding them. But I think the show also tries to highlight some women, specifically the Schuyler sisters, specifically sister. Eliza. <laughs> And at the end, you know, there's this whole thing and it talks about how Eliza's story is getting told. And when we were watching it, I just said out loud, no, it's not. This musical's not about her. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, what do we think about how the show portrays women? 
to reference that interview again that we will link or not interview. It's a, like Q and a, but, um, Philippa Sue actually sort of says something that speaks to that indirectly, but it relates. She's like, man, all of you guys are out there all like saying like, never going to be president and having fun. And like, I'm over in the corner, just like crying the whole play. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is, she is sort of like, she's playing sort of, um, Hamilton's, moral center a little bit more mm-hmm. than she is a character. And this is very um, typical. Like this is the typical role that women play in men's stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, yeah, like she, we don't get to see a range of emotion from her. Like we see a little bit of joy, I guess when she's hanging out with her sisters at the beginning of the play, but yeah. like other I than do that, love the sister relationship. Yeah. And sort of the support between Angelica and Eliza and like, I love the scene when Angelica comes home from England after Hamilton's had an affair and he's like, Oh, I'm so glad to see you, Angelica. And she says, no, she's yeah. like, um, I have some, some things to say to you, sir. <laughs> I'm not They're here not, for I'm you. Happy to see you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't come for you. <laughs> yeah. But like, even those few moments are far between and yeah. are not like, that's not character development. No. That's just yeah. a fun moment. Right. I think it's hard because, and, like, this is, like, a question that comes up all the time when you're watching historical narratives Mm -hmm. that are focused around the center of the action of history. And it's, like, unfortunately, these women who are the the main characters that are women in this story didn't get to participate in the central action because that is how history fucking went yeah unfortunately Mm -hmm. um i i mean obviously like they could have explored those characters more and given them more depth but also they spent so much time on packing in every single detail of the action of what actually happened that it's like it it would almost create like a disconnect Mm -hmm. to like stray away and focus on, like, this personal stuff for too long. Even though I feel like you could do a, a different musical and have them – have it be about them, you know? Hamilton, and, too. Yeah, Love everything from dies. their perspective, you know? <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's hard because obviously I'm always, like, I want to see more women yeah. with central roles. But I do think that, like, there it, there are limitations when it comes to – it's like when people watch a war film and they're like, there's no women in this. And it's like, yeah, that's why I hate war movies. Any women there. Boring. <laughs> like, yeah. un- sorry, but there weren't. Yeah. Like, and it <laughs> and, sucks. And like, but... for the first half of the musical, it basically is a war musical, right? Like, it's yeah. about the Revolutionary yeah. War. I think you can. There's actual battles. There's you know, actual battles. In a fun way. Very, exactly. very limited, you know? Yeah. I think we can simultaneously. I, I think the way I fall on this is like, there's another version of this musical where Lin Manuel Miranda doesn't include as much Skylar Sisters as he does, but it still doesn't mean yeah. that the musical did as much as it could as have. It like could there, have. there are yeah. moments like uh, I really love the moment where Burr says when he's campaigning in the second act, "It's 1800, ladies, tell your husbands vote for Burr," like yeah. which is like subtly yeah. recognizing like women can't vote, but it doesn't. But that's not like a super radical thing. Yeah. To, yeah. I think to the admit. most it does that is that is like a little daring and interesting is giving Angelica as much time as it does Mm -hmm. and giving her uh, satisfied, which I think is a great song and just like a great refrain throughout. But I think like having like her relationship with him and her like 
decision that she made to give it to her sister instead is like interesting i think yeah Mm -hmm. uh and not your typical story of like whereas eliza gets kind of put in that role of like you know moral center angelica's more of the like you know the smart one who he writes Mm -hmm. letters with and stuff like that which is another kind of trope in itself but Mm -hmm. um i do think that like she gets a little bit more of a meaty role yeah. to play. I do think, though, that for a for today's audience watching it, it does speak to women a lot, even if we're not yeah. watching a woman the whole time. But I think it's so much of this yeah. is about who gets to participate and who gets to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And while women were not making them then, at least at that level, <laughs> um, now they are, but we're still not there. And like, I think this, it is still talking to those problems without having a woman doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, in a way, I think the most vocally artistically challenging roles in this musical are for women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Jasmine Cephas Jones, who plays Peggy in the first act and Mariah Reynolds in the second act. Insane singing. Insane like, just oh my God, super impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Renee Elise Goldberry, who plays Angelica, Philippa Sue. Like, they're all so great, which yeah. the men in the musical are too. But, like, when, I, when I'm when i thinking about, like, what cast members am I most impressed by, it's the I mean, women. they're, like, probably top three, if not, like, top five, if not. Also, and I have to say this because I always say this because I'm insufferable. Peggy's in the first act, but she's not in the second act because she was dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I didn't even know that. Yeah, she yeah. died pretty young. Okay, I, that was something that we were talking about this morning. I was like, historically, she had to have died or something. Because otherwise, yeah. like, why yeah. did she just drop out of the narrative? In that, in that yeah. book I borrowed from you, Mary, uh, he says that he didn't write a little, like, musical thing for her in that song. She just goes, and Peggy, because she, like, dies. So she doesn't yeah. get a personality. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I don't I don't know like why why not mention like have one of them mention in the second act that she's dead. Yeah. You know? Uh, <laughs> Just I mean really. she gets the same amount of time that John Adams does. So it's Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I love I, that they just love- are like, yeah, he shit the bed. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> My favorite thing is is when the king is like John like Adams? the little guy. <laughs> I know him. Oh my gosh! Can we please talk about Jonathan Groff? <laughs> yeah, incredible. Because so spitty. We cannot talk about talent without talking about Jonathan Groff. Yeah, so, so talented. Good. And it's so crazy, like um, that because he's like a big name on Broadway like and he's, he's playing a, a big Broadway role in this. And he's also been in a lot of films yeah, yeah he's, he's in Frozen like, <laughs> like but yeah. as a bit role it's still like that's like the greatest bit role I've yeah. ever seen maybe it's just, yeah it's <laughs> yeah. just really it's really cool that they got a big name like that to like play a little bit yeah. role in Hamilton honestly it's, I mean it's like the only named character in the musical that is always white yes most yeah. of the time white yeah. I would say um and usually some sort of comedic mm-hmm. actor like yeah, I'm thinking uh, like Taryn Taryn Killam played it yeah. uh Philip Darcy James aka Shrek on Killam. Broadway Brian uh, Brian Darcy Brian James. Darcy James yeah Shrek. I love Taryn Killam he played Shrek on Broadway <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's usually, like, pretty comedic actors. And I think Jonathan Groff 
particularly brought like a true madness to this role yeah. that's very yeah. funny because yeah. he has almost no facial expression except a crazed look in his yeah. eye. Yeah. It doesn't move a lot. Yeah. The like dead way that he sings like the lotta lotty da part. Yes. He's like da 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 <laughs> yeah. And it's just spinning like, everywhere. No emotion. Yeah. Spinning yeah. everywhere. Which for about ten seconds I was like, does he know? And then I was like, oh no, he's entirely no, so meaning to purpose. do this. Yeah, no, I read actually something that said and like Jonathan Graff has said like, oh, that wasn't like something I was doing for the role. I just actually spit a lot when I sang. Oh to God. which to which I was like, I feel real bad for Leah Michelle if that's the case, because oh, they were yeah. very close in Spring Awakening. <sighs> yeah, yeah damn, that's a lot of spit. And like no like there were close ups <laughs> on everyone and no one else was spitting like no that. No one else was so, spitting like I that. I didn't mind it. I mean, it felt it felt I'm like sure. part of the madness <laughs> to me. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah. Like that's, yeah. and he was like, I know that's how it reads, but I think like on like when I'm performing on stage, people don't see how much I'm actually spitting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, I guess that's the problem with a with a close up performance. Yes. So. It Good was thing he wasn't playing like a romantic lead in this. Yeah. It got to the yeah. point though where I was, like after the second time he was out, I was like, I cannot fucking wait until he's back and he has to come back. Like, please come back. Yeah. And then yeah. I yeah. clapped well, when he came back the last mm-hmm. time. <laughs> like i'm watching this it's on an so ipad and i'm like ah. <laughs> and and seeing the video you get to see how much like in uh the reynolds pamphlet he's just like prancing around the yes. stage with the other like guys throwing throwing the papers in the air yeah. like you know that's stuff that you don't get from listening to the yeah. soundtrack that i think yeah. is really great yeah that's what, like, something my dad was saying because he listened to this a lot, but watching it was the, on Disney was the first time he'd seen it. He was like, I didn't realize how much Jonathan Groff was actually in the play just listening to yeah. it. Because mm-hmm. he was like, because listening to it, I was like, how they get Jonathan Groff to do this role? And then I was like, oh, no, he's actually in it a lot. So yeah. Also, I think Jonathan Groff and Lin-Manuel Miranda are just good buds. Yeah. yeah. I just, I was very, I did not know that Jonathan Groff was going to be in it. So when he popped on, I was like, yeah, yay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm just a very big Spring Awakening fan. So. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I also have seen a bootleg of Spring Awakening with Jonathan Groff uh, and Leah Michelle. What do you mean? Got to see Jonathan Groff's butt. I was going to say a booty leg. <laughs> I don't know why I thought you were I saw Spring Bush. Awakening on a tour <laughs> where. I don't know if there are any Degrassi fans here, but um, Craig from Degrassi was playing the lead male character in, in this tour that I saw. And he walked on stage and I was like, Craig, Craig we're going to see your butt later. That's crazy. I saw it on tour, too, and I didn't get to see a butt on tour, but the lead, the male lead did rip his co-star's shirt off. Yeah, that Oof. happens. Nice. Wolf. I'm grimacing. You can't Spring tell through the podcast. Everyone. And I'm smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess there's no good or bad time to jump into this, but since Hamilton's been released on Disney Plus, there's been sort of like a bit of a revitalization of conversation about the musical and some people have argued and I don't have anybody specific to point to. This is just something that I've seen debated on Twitter. Um, If is this musical glorifying slave owners? 
Most of the founding fathers had slaves. I mean, hello, George Washington with a mouthful of slave teeth. Mm -hmm. And even though Hamilton didn't own slaves himself, he did help manage and sell the Schuyler's slaves. Yeah, there's a lot of gray area on whether or not he owned slaves at some point. Yeah. There's some potential evidence that he owned slaves, like, after their marriage or, like, between their marriage or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, like, it's iffy. Yeah. Uh, what do we think about this debate? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think one of the things that's kind of interesting is, the way in which they condemn some characters for owning slaves and not others, because yeah. I think mm-hmm. um, Thomas Jefferson gets called out a lot for being a slave owner. Yeah. Um, I cannot reference the exact lyrics because I just don't know the play well enough yet. We know but, who's really doing the planning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but then as you were saying, like George Washington kind of comes out of this looking like, a big a old hero person almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I think to me, to me, that's the main problem of it is like, um, not that I'm saying like, I don't think the answer is to ignore all of the slavery, but it's like, it's kind of interesting how you chose to like, you know, Thomas Jefferson is your bad guy. So yeah. he's the bad slave owner. Like, and I'm not arguing yeah. that Thomas Jefferson is a good guy because I think go back to <laughs> a couple of episodes ago and that's Could not how we feel. Yeah, um, no. And he yeah. also, you know, like on top of owning a bunch of slaves, also raped and impregnated yes. and groomed yeah. hit, like a 13-year-old girl slave. But the yeah. play does so. mention her by name, which is very <laughs> cool. Like, he's like, I mean, he's like, Sally, take a look yeah. at this letter. I was like, that's <laughs> Sally, Sally, like the Sally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but I think it falls into that trope of like Jefferson becoming like the sin bearer or like, you know, yeah. he, he carries all he's the, the burden. Yeah, yeah. For all the founding fathers, even though Madison, yeah. uh, Washington, certainly like all of them were complicit. Yeah. And it also kind of props Hamilton up as this abolitionist. Yeah. Uh when he really wasn't. Like yeah. he did uh have I forget what the what the term is, but I did I have a link here that from the New York Times that just kind of like goes over some of the um like facts about history in a way that's not super annoying. Uh because yeah. like there are people who are like a little too it's like it's this is basically fanfic, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's not <laughs> like right. mm-hmm. It's not going to be, like... Yeah, they they also didn't figure out how to run this country through rap battles, okay? So... <laughs> right. What? Like, <laughs> right. Though I do love imagining meetings as rap battles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find this terminology. Okay, manumission. Uh, oh, yeah. So... Manumission involved voluntary release by enslavers. Abolition was more of a radical proposition. Hamilton did not advocate abolition. Abolition was like, we are done with this. No more slavery. Manumission is like... You you have to make your own decision. Yeah, like, you should set them free, but it's up to you, I guess. Like, and he was... And that's, like, a distinctive difference, and also he, you know, was actively managing the slaves of his... the family he married into. Um, So it's like, you... You know, we say to, like, nowadays, like, if you're not 
speaking up or if you're silent, you're part of the problem. Yeah. Like, he was very much as as passionate and, like, he was about other things and as angry and as belligerent he was about other things. Like, this was not one of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's interesting because there is a line, I think, once again in man in my shot where he says, we've got a couple manumission abolitionists. And I think mm. he sort of, like, puts it together in such a way. I never thought yeah. about what the word manumission yeah. meant. Uh. And I mostly, Yeah, and I didn't know that either until I read this article. Right. So, so he, I think what he's talking about there is him and Lawrence, right? Like, he's a manumissionist right. and Lawrence is an abolitionist. But when it's put together like that, you just think, oh, yeah, Hamilton's an abolitionist. Great. Yeah. yeah. And this article also notes that he did support John Lawrence's plan uh, to allow black soldiers to fight in the revolution, but... Uh, he was not helping him write the pamphlets about anti-slavery. He was not, like, actively participating in this anti-slavery movement the way that uh, John Lawrence was. I do think this would be a lot more of a, like... I, I think that, like, the play is self-aware that it that yeah. these people were slave owners. I think it would be one thing if it was, like, propping those people up with no recognition that there's a, a discussion of this happening the entire time. And... It seems like the people behind the play are trying to push a clear message that, like, we don't (laughs) think that's cool that they did that. Um, Yeah. But also, if the whole cast had been white, I think we'd be having a different type of discussion about propping up slave owners that way. The decision to cast people of color to play play slave Mm -hmm. owners... I think is saying everything it needs to say about where they stand on slavery and slave owners. And that's exactly right. the second part of this question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is how how does this debate sort of intersect with the fact that in in the casting notes, like when they cast for touring productions of Hamilton, it explicitly calls for actors of color Except for someone like King George, who sometimes is an actor of color, but um, isn't always. Yeah. Well, it makes sense um, for him like, to that's be the only, a pretentious that's white. That's the only white character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah. makes sense for him. Yeah. And, like, the, the like, supporting cast is... Yeah, like, the you know, some of the... Varied. Dancers or, like, someone who... I think the person who played Seabury, maybe mm-hmm. like so, some of the minor singing roles. Yeah. And this minor. is the, the roles. These are the roles that like people of color are usually playing on Broadway. Yes. These minor roles, these background performances. So it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, we have a diverse cast. Like look at all of the black people in the background mm-hmm. on stage. Yeah. And it's like, I, I do think that they're like the, this is really important as a musical because like People of color have been so excluded from, in the same way that they've been excluded from Hollywood, extremely excluded from Mm -hmm. Broadway. And, you know, occasionally there will be a show that has, like, a black lead or a show Mm -hmm. that is by a black person or, like, a lot more in plays, I would say, than in in musicals. Um, But, you know, it's like to have an entirely, almost entirely a cast of people of color is a really huge deal and the fact that it gained all of this traction and the fact that it does center hip hop and um you know actually is like pointing out these like parts of black culture that musicals don't normally do at yeah. all. 
Well, I think it's interesting that, like, the the musical, because Lin-Manuel Miranda is both, like, a hip-hop nerd and a theater nerd, it, ha- mm-hmm. it like, layers in both all of these, like, references to other musicals, uh, like, I am the very model of a modern major general, but also all these references to, like, hip-hop, like, when the cabinet battles happen and it's like, you could have been anyone in, anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here, you know, in D.C. or, or in New York. Um, like there's all these different references last five years, last five years. Nobody needs to know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there's all of these like multi-layered references to like these, the genres that I think normally people would think like there's no place for hip hop and Broadway or there's no place for Broadway and hip hop. And I think what Hamilton shows is like, that's explicitly not true. Like they work yeah. together really well. You just need to have someone who has the vision to do it. And I think yeah. if you had said, like, hey, someone's writing a hip-hop musical about Alexander Hamilton, like, no, people would be like, no, please, don't do that. Because I would think of, like, educational rap or something. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> educational like, Alexander Hamilton, he started the treasury. Like, <laughs> Full disclosure. Oh, please, yes. When Todd was a wee child, Third grade. he had a CD called... The presidential, the president's rap, the president's rap. Wow, that I listened to in third grade because my uh, I sprained my ankle and I couldn't go to PE, and my teacher let me just stay in the classroom and I would listen to this really really bad CD about the president, <laughs> and it was the widest rap ever. It's really on brand that you decided to listen to something about the presidents during the time that you had off i would be like watching like yeah. cartoons <laughs> so. uh mary and i were trying to fall asleep one night oh and i gosh. was like okay wait i'll do this no just... we were trying to fall asleep on our on wedding our night <laughs> look i wasn't gonna go that's there. an important give us piece to leave out todd <laughs> yeah i know one uh, night i did it on purpose <laughs> random night um yeah and I was like, here, I'll do something that'll definitely bore you to sleep. And I just listed every president. And but he years. did it like George Washington. 1789 to 1797. John Adams. 1797 to 1801. Thomas just, and I went to Trump. Wow. And he finished, and then he was like, are you asleep? And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no, like, I'm not but asleep. Is it too late to annul this <laughs> marriage? It's only if you have a soul. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I remember what I was going to say, which is <laughs> which is that it it all comes back to the like refrain throughout the musical of who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's kind of a little bit of a fuck you to these people yeah. uh, to say, like, guess who's telling your story? Yes. It's the people who were born out of the like horrible mm-hmm. situation that you created. Right. Because you thought that they weren't good enough. Well, now these people are literally playing you. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're as good as you, if not more talented. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Yes. Also, wait, sorry, this is just like a, a side note. Because when I said, like, if you said that someone was writing an Alexander Hamilton rap, you'd be laughed out of the room. There's this great video that oh, I'm sure. What about 1776? It's not a rap musical. It's not a rap musical, but it is a musical about John Adams. Sit down, John. Sit down, down, John. The sit down, John, you fat. That's a explicit reference to 1776, which is very funny. Um, Yeah. uh, In like 2009, 
uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda went to the White House as part of like some sort of showcase mm-hmm. and performed the first song from Hamilton and said, hey, I'm writing this uh, mixtape about one of the greatest uh, rappers of our, you know, in, in the world, Treasury Secretary Alexander Hamilton. And everyone laughed because like it's a funny idea. Barack Obama and Michelle just they like, were like, ha, 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 ha. And then, you know, six they years were into later, it, it's like the biggest thing ever. No one's laughing now because like, can't you know. Everybody laughed, but they were also low key like. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, what do we make of Hamilton's success as like a crossover into the cultural consciousness? Like, I don't think this happens with musicals that often. Like, when I just said 1776, no one was like, yeah, 1776. Oh, yeah. My jam. Look, you don't know me. No, I'm just no I've never heard of that. <laughs> Fun so. fact, in the <laughs> movie version of 1776, uh, Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets oh. World Please. plays John Adorable, a very young Mr. Feeney. Oh. Uh, but like nobody, like this doesn't happen all that often where it kind of crosses over. I mean, Phantom of the Opera, definitely. Rent. Les Mis, Rent, maybe Wicked. Uh, yeah. but so like, how does Hamilton work as a musical? Can we compare it to other musicals? Yeah. Does it make us rethink Broadway as a genre? No, um, I don't think it makes me rethink Broadway as a genre because I think I agree. I think music like there are always some like we just listed a bunch. I think there are always musicals that do this. One musical that this I and I think Lin Manuel Miranda is putting a lot of obvious musical references throughout mm-hmm. this because, like we said, like he's a theater nerd and a like hip hop nerd. Um, yeah. So we, you've got both those references. One of the musicals that we haven't talked about yet that I saw a lot of influence and a lot in common with was Jesus Christ Cats. Superstar. Ah, uh, we haven't <laughs> talked about it because you see, I have not seen it. Mm-hmm. One of the things about Jesus Christ Superstar that I think just to first connected to what you're talking about is um, at the time. So Jesus Christ Superstar came out in the seventies, I think mm-hmm. originally, um, you know, like rock music in a musical was not done. Um, and if you listen, if you listen to the music from Jesus Christ Superstar, it's very clearly like influenced by popular yeah. rock, rock music of the time. So I think that's definitely, um, something that it has in common as far as like crossing over in that way. Um, the singing in it, is very it's it's not your typical um broadway singing Mm -hmm. it's you've got like a lot more like screaming and a lot more like rock vocals happening um another thing that i thought it had in common was um i found the the judas or the aaron burr character was very similar to um the judas character Mm -hmm. in jesus christ superstar and that a lot of it is framed around like here's this person who we normally think of as like having done this really terrible thing, but like actually he's a tragic figure and we're actually getting a a lot, but not all of the story from this character's perspective. Um, And both Aaron Burr and Judas start the musical. Like they're the first Mm. people we hear from like Judas start, like Judas introduces us to Jesus similarly to how Aaron Burr 
is the one who introduces us to Alexander Hamilton. So I saw a lot of crossover there, or a lot of connection there. And I think, obviously, like, I wasn't alive at the time, but I think that Jesus Christ Superstar sort of hit similarly. Um, mm-hmm. And it was um, controversial <laughs> because yeah, it's, about, sure. <laughs> it's about religion, Jesus. and a lot of people boycotted yeah. it. Um, it made a lot of. That's why I wasn't allowed to watch it. Yeah, <laughs> it it oh made God. a lot of like headlines and stuff like that. No, funny story about Jesus Christ Superstar. So the way I got introduced, you can cut all this out. But the way I got introduced to it is, uh, you know, like I was saying, my parents listened to a lot of musicals and stuff, and like we'd be on long long car rides and they'd listen to Jesus Christ Superstar. And the first time I heard it, like I had no context, I had no idea what it like what we were listening to, and like. I was not raised religious, so I didn't make those connections right away. So, like, my first feeling as a child listening to Jesus Christ Superstar is, like, why does this character keep singing about how he's going to die? Like, get over it. (laughs) Um, We're all going to die, Jesus. We're all going to die. Why are you so convinced it's going to happen sooner rather than later? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I was really – I was, like – Judas, I'm with you, dude. Like, I don't know why he keeps mm-hmm. singing about dying. He needs chill. Get over it. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the episode I'm title. You, Judas, dude. I'm with you, dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's just an yeah. aside. But my point going back is um, I think throughout history, there have the history of musicals, there have been musicals that have had that crossover that have been controversial that have like spoken mm-hmm. to the youth and have spoken to pop culture. Um, this just happens to be the one that's happening right now. I think rent yeah. rent had a very similar yeah. crossover in the nineties. Like, cause I mean, and into the two thousands when I was in high school, yeah. like you could not go a day without hearing somebody singing mm-hmm. rent. I was yeah. hanging with the theater yeah. kids, obviously, I was but like, into, I was yeah. not a theater kid and I was hugely into rent. So, yeah, I mean, I just like, I, I think of, of all the musicals that I remember in my time, like in the time that I've been alive and like experiencing musicals, rent is probably the one that yeah. is most similar as far as like crossover success. Book of Mormon had a, um, has had big crossover. Yeah. 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 It had like a a huge explosion too, just of like it like these musicals that are almost sort of like part of a counterculture. Or yeah, something. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like and like hair too is one yeah. uh, that's big. Um, but yeah, I think that's really interesting to think of Aaron Burr and Judas as like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. I think that seems true. I haven't seen Judas Christ yeah. Superstar, but I love yeah. the we way that so you guys should watch it. It's I very probably, good. I don't know. The movie's I, really good. Yeah, yeah. the movie's really good. Performed that when I was. <laughs> Didn't there. they just do one on NBC with like John yeah. Legend? John Legend. Yeah. Don't watch yeah. that. Watch the 1970 okay. something the movie. movie instead. All right. Yeah. Done. My mom and I. My mom, of course, is like a huge fan of anything that's like vaguely hippie-ish. So yeah. Yeah, a couple years ago, she was like, "We have to watch Jesus Christ Superstar. It's so beautiful." Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's she beautiful. also made me watch Hair when I was in like high school. That's right. Yeah. Which also Hair had boobies on stage. It did. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big deal. Jesus Christ Superstar doesn't have boobies on stage. Womp yeah. womp. <laughs> Hair the musical is also a great movie. I will say. Mm-hmm. I'm just partial to the music in Jesus Christ Superstar. It's very good. That's a little ALW, isn't it? Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber? Yes, yes. What? Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Good, good. We missed that week when they were doing. We should have watched it. Um, 
t- thinking about like movie versions versus stage versions yeah. versus all of this. Uh, any? Do we have any thoughts on seeing a musical professionally recorded live, like Hamilton was, or Cats, the nineteen ninety eight Cats was, versus something like a movie musical? That was made to be a movie like Moulin Rouge. Or High School Musical. Or a stage musical that's been adapted into a movie like Phantom of the Opera or Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Or, or just seeing yeah. it live. I got a yeah. hot take. I know y'all know this hot take already. But yeah. Phantom, Phantom of the Opera, the movie, it's not so bad. It, I, I, I kind of enjoyed it. I, was li- I liked it. Oh, I wish I had you my know? shirt. I mean... Emily, I need to send you a link. I have a shirt that says Justice for Phantom of the Opera 2006. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, and this is a callback to the beginning of the episode because the main critique I hear about the Phantom of the Opera movie is it's over the top. It's very dramatic. It's crazy. I'm like, have you not heard of Phantom of the Opera before? Like, where, like, what were you, were you walking into the theater expecting Otherwise, like yeah. the the main thing about Phantom of the Opera that you can't experience via a, a film version or a movie is having a fake chandelier almost falling. That's yes. true. Um, Which but my my, uh, my the main real draw. The movie is Gerard Butler can't sing. Yeah, that's true. That's, but they can't get it's past. Fine. That. <laughs> yeah. You will die the day you do. I've shown that to me no, so it's many not, times. Oh it's not going to be as bad though as Russell Crowe. No, nothing but could this, ever. But Which is just—it's just, it's just a crime to Javert and Stars because Stars is one of the best songs in Les Mis, yeah. and he <laughs> butchered the shit out of it. I love that song. So, love that well, song. what I'm hearing is maybe we just have a problem with like Tom Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, also, yes. there's a problem with with casting people in a movie musical that can't aren't, sing. Yeah, Meryl Streep as the witch in like, Into the Woods. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. I'm always going to go. I'm not always, but I will go to the bat for La La Land because I liked it a lot and I saw it in theaters too many times. Oh, I but loved how, it too. But yeah. imagine how much mm. better it would be if Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone could sing and dance. Yeah. It would have <laughs> yeah. been like, a even musical. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But they saved jazz. I mean, oh, Ryan Gosling did save so jazz, bad. but imagine if that was like, you know, Leslie Odom Jr. I think him saving jazz makes up And Jasmine Cephas you know? Jones. I if give me La La Land with Leslie Odom Jr. with Leslie Odom oh, Jr. Nice. Yeah, it makes yeah. the whole movie better. Um, the Sound of Music is like one of the best movie adaptations of a yes. musical. Still, yes. Um, I but think Chicago not everyone is a great adaptation. Chicago is good, also. Oh yeah, Chicago is awesome. I would watch a film version of Hamilton, but what I think is like particularly like magic about the live version is like what Emily was saying earlier. Like this is like, yeah, it's like, but (laughs) it's just this, it's this one time performance that like Mm -hmm. you'll never, no one will ever see that exact same thing again. Now a lot of people are seeing Mm -hmm. this one, but like, you know, if you're seeing it, but it's still got the energy of a live performance. Yeah. And there's just, there's so much like, packed into it that is like way more impressive i think if you're seeing it live than if you are yeah. watching a movie again i would watch it though but yeah yeah and knowing that like it is even though it's live and i think that it is pieced together from maybe two performances yeah, yeah and then there's some they did on a sound stage so that they could get some of those close-ups because you can't really do yeah. that in the middle of a live performance right, right. um but i think that 
having it that way, like having a movie musical is more like they have a lot more freedom with how to tell the story and like how to shift yeah. through time and stuff where right. like watching the, the filmed musical is it just feels like you are watching a live version because you can tell even though it is like edited mm-hmm. yeah. um like it's presented as it's supposed to be which is there's no breaks there's no mm-hmm. yeah. like you see every like scene change you see every mm-hmm. moment which um, i i appreciate because like i like to see yeah. how they construct the sets and i like yeah. to see yeah. how it's staged and how people are dancing and there's stuff that like i think you would lose in a movie version yeah. because they would try to make it literal instead of figurative or yes. like like i've seen a lot of people like freaking out online about um there's one particular sort of like chorus member who each time there's a duel she's the bullet mm-hmm yeah. And like she, yeah. you see her like holding her hand mm-hmm. up, like she's the bullet and it kind of like right. she moves it forward. That's really cool. If it was a film, they'd just use a bullet. Yeah. They would just use a real they'd bullet. They just CGI a bullet in there. Yeah. And if and they I, tried I to use a person as it. a bullet, it would be really weird. <laughs> it would yeah. be weird. Yeah. It would have strong cat's energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just, I really love filmed stage versions of musicals yes. and i have several of them on dvd and i wish they did mm-hmm. it uh more often now i will get on my soapbox i think when you film yeah. staged versions of musicals it provides broadway and yes. makes it accessible yes. to an entire group of people mm-hmm. who Preach. otherwise uh-huh. wouldn't get to experience mm-hmm. I grew up in a really rural area and we did not have money or time to just go to Atlanta for an afternoon yeah. to see a musical. Right. I feel, so, like, I feel attacked. No, I mean, if you had that, that <laughs> is somebody did go to Atlanta all the time every weekend. But you know, if I, <laughs> I, I mean, yes. if I was an hour away instead of two and a half hours away, <laughs> That would be a a big difference. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just like it's providing Broadway shows to people who otherwise might not be able to see them. Yes. And I don't think it diminishes ticket sales. No. You think about something like Cats. Cats didn't stop selling tickets because they recorded it. (laughs) Right. Hamilton didn't stop selling or Well, they have now because Broadway shut down. But, like... I don't think this coming out now, it's not going to diminish how much people want to see Hamilton when they can tour again, when they can be on Broadway again. If anything, seeing the the show like live on a screen is going to make you want to go more to see it in person. Like if you hear, if you, if you, if you want the experience of live music, listening to an album isn't going to make you not want to go to a concert. Right, right. I was just going to say that even though you can, like, feel the energy in watching the live performance, mm-hmm. there's something different about being in the room where it happens. Yes. Oh, good breath. Okay, good we breath. have to quit now because... Yeah, <laughs> Show's over. Well, I drop the mic. Just, like, a real quick thing I was thinking about. I think the reason why Hamilton wouldn't work as a movie is exactly what we've already said. It's because, like, the set that's there is so much imaginative like, sometimes there might be, like, a table out there or, like, a barrel that they sit on or something. But it's mostly just, like, this balcony with the moving staircases and the moving floor. Well, I mean... And you can't recreate that with, like... And if they were actually just, like, on a battlefield in Yorktown, that's way yeah, less like powerful. Or in New York City. Well, I will just... 
just to play devil's advocate, because I Please. definitely do hear what you're saying. Um, I I do think Chicago did that a little bit with the yeah. with the film That's version. True. They played That's with true. sort of like real life versus stage and mixed yes, them together right. in a way that I thought. I think Chicago is a very um, successful adaptation. Yes. Um, and I think that them doing that was a huge part of what made it successful. It's just like sometimes let's just lean into the fact that this is supposed to be on a stage. Right. And present it that way. I think it requires a director who understands what the strengths of the stage musical are. It's not Tom Hooper. It's not Tom Hooper. And it's probably not Joel Schumacher. Although maybe. Like, no, I mean, I also love Phantom of the Opera, but I don't think he did like the best job. No, no. And I think Phantom of the Opera. Well, Phantom of the Opera is a a different beast because Phantom of the Opera is the opposite of minimal. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's it, it also takes place within a theater. Yeah. Right. So it's got sort it of like the works. one set. Yeah. yeah. So you do Actually, still maybe get Maybe Joel Shoemaker is the best director for that. You just yeah. needed yeah. to cast Just a that, different. though. Like, nothing else. Yeah. Like, you did it. Yeah. Good job. It's, you did your I musical. Mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just love a staged version of a musical and i love recordings of it because you get to see all those Mm -hmm. expressions up close and you Mm -hmm. get a good idea of what it looks like you can hear everything it's just like it's you can see the spit spit. it's -hmm. really nice like i'm thinking like there are recorded versions of into the woods sweeney todd Mm -hmm. the recorded the recorded version of into the woods is so much better than the movie yeah yeah it's so good i blame meryl streep and I know yeah. I've said this already, but just to make sure everybody heard me, she's fucking she awful. Sing. She, can't she can't sing. She can't sing. Remember that one time she I was in a movie, movie where she played a woman who couldn't sing, but her husband said she could? Yeah, that was that was a, that, that was, was the life. true story of her You're getting like, cast, cast into Meryl the woods because she can't. Fucking <laughs> <play>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also anyway. just thinking about uh, in terms of like set design and stuff, the musical Hades sound, which I am still a little bit obsessed with. Yeah, and again, I, that's one I'm not listening to until no, I get no, that's to see fine. It. Over several days, <laughs> I, I know watched, I really uh, want to see that. I watched the bootleg over several days, and it has a similar thing where like the whole musical basically takes place sort of in like a bar, like a sort of like. I mean, there's not really like a set. The, the the band is on the stage with the performers. There's like a little New Orleans style. I mean, it's kind of like balcony. Spring Awakening in a way. Spring Awakening doesn't really have a set. They just have yeah. like yeah. some chairs they use. Well, kind of sounds like Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Yeah. I mean, I I think this is just a thing that a lot of musicals do, and I think yeah. I'm also like Rent kind of doesn't have much of a set. No, yeah. we have oh. named these four musicals, and those are the only ones who That's do it. it. Okay, fair. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Only the ones we know. What were you gonna say, Susan? No, never mind. I was, I, I thought of like my favorite, um, I thought of my favorite like theatrical adaptation into a film, but it's not a musical. So a lot of what we're talking about would not actually apply in this case. Well, is it a play? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boys in the Band. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I tend to like stuff that all takes place in like one set. That's why yeah. I was yeah, 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 yeah. thinking about it. And like the, the, Film version does that too, but it has most of the original cat Broadway cast. Yeah, that makes it. a difference too. Um, yeah, which is it does. Cool. yeah. I was gonna say like that's one of the. I think one of the special things too about recording something like this is like you get to have that original Broadway cast together like mm-hmm. permanently. Like we'll always yeah. have that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the. And I'm sorry because like I have complicated feelings about this film. 
but that's for another um, episode. It's one of the only good, like actually good things about the Rent movie is that it's mostly the say, original Broadway cast and mostly Except the original. For Rosario yeah. Dawson. Right. Um, but like, just which is hilarious because she's like clearly much, so younger. much younger than the rest of yeah. them. But like, even but That's even funny. though the cast was like way too old to play those roles at that point when the movie was made, like it was still just I like still really like nice to see Anthony Rapp in that role. It, you know, yeah. like mm-hmm. yeah, Adina Menzel. And like, I like, yeah, I never saw Rent on stage until much later. Like, I saw the movie when Me I was too. in eighth grade. And I became obsessed with it from the movie because, like, the music was good and I could tell that, like, the performers all had, like, this kind of chemistry with each other. And so Mm -hmm. I became, like, so into it. And then, of course, later when I saw the show and all that stuff, I realized, like, how like pretty bad the movie actually is but <laughs> but you know, you know it still holds a special place in my exactly i have a soft spot for that movie even though like objectively i know it's bad just because it's like bad. rent is so special to me mm-hmm. so yeah anyway that's... if anyone is interested in like company is one of my favorite musicals and i just was oh, looking yeah. to see like is there a, a stage version yeah recorded? i think so apparently as of like a month ago you can watch it <laughs> so, on, on where i'm pretty I'm, excited I'm it looks like interested. on criterion mm. oh, okay but i think you can also rent it on prime okay. here's a fun so, fact but pretty like much it. every broadway musical has a professional recording made of it mm-hmm you just can't watch it. They just sit in the New York Public Library and you have to have like a special research. Yeah, that's so dumb. Approval. Just let us see the it. movie. It sucks. I want to see that recording of SpongeBob the musical. Mm. <laughs> just kidding. That's I feel like because of um <laughs> the pandemic that might change. I yeah, hope because so. yeah. Broadway isn't coming back until at least next year. Yeah. And I think that maybe seeing how much success Hamilton had mm-hmm. I hope Plus, so. I yeah. think places are going to realize, like, this might be... I think this is going to be a shift for a lot of different industries, and I think yeah. that this might be one of them, and I hope so. Because, yeah, like, I I live here, and I can't afford to go see yeah. half of yeah. what is yeah. playing. Well, like, I've seen... Since I moved here, I've seen maybe, like you know, like five musicals or something, which is a lot for, you know, anyone who doesn't live here, you know, but living here, it's like, I could go see a million of them if I had the money, like I could Mm -hmm. be going every night, you know, and like, I wish I could, but I, even when you take into (laughs) account, like lottery tickets or something, it's like still such a huge time commitment to go wait. And And even rush tickets are often like, you know, $45, which Mm -hmm. is like not what I normally spend on an event. You know, like I'm trying to, I like try to stay in the $20 range. Right. (laughs) So, well, and it's super interesting to me that I think this entirely happened because of the pandemic. Like Hamilton was slated to be released on Disney plus, but not until October of 2021. But because yeah. In the Heights was pushed back for reasons that I understand, although I really wish we could have seen it this year. It. Because just, just put I, it out. That's just what put I'm it saying. out. It's put out all the movies. Yeah. Why bother? You're with not it? gonna like theaters are not gonna be a thing no, for a long no, time. Just uh, give us the movies. Just Christopher give it. Nolan said Tenet's coming out uh, August 12th, so I'm gonna be. I there. 
He said he was coming out July 4th or some shit. He keeps Christopher Nolan. My movie will be the reopening of theaters. Like, you know what? Maybe it won't. Go fuck yourself. Also, like, you don't want that because it's not going to get a lot of money, I don't think. No. No, it's not. And everyone's going to hate you even more than they already do. Or if it does get a lot of money, it'll lead to a bunch of super spreading events. And then your film will be known as the reason why Mm -hmm. 300,000 Americans died. I mean, I'm just thinking, like, the movie theater in Hattiesburg isn't even open. Yeah, except for private, it shouldn't be. Like, yeah, the theaters here aren't open either. Yeah, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. One of my friends told me a few weeks ago that he had a dream that we went to the movies together, and he forgot his mask, and I screamed at him in public, and then told all the other people not wearing masks basically to go fuck themselves. And you were like, (laughs) and I was like, that sounds like a thing I was giving off. Yeah, (laughs) like I would probably do that. Yeah. But also, you wouldn't catch me at the theater right no, now. Either. No, absolutely not. <laughs> do we want to do the last one? Yeah. I, what do you I don't really have anything to say about I mean, it. I just think it's I a think nice observation. People have been saying that Hamilton is sort of like the perfect document of the Obama years. Uh, it's mm-hmm. this sort of like sheen of progressivism that basically is just telling the same old story. Uh, yeah. That might be like going a little too harsh. Potentially on. I don't want you. I don't want to go that hard on Obama. Yeah, look, like we still miss. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, think it's fair to, to go like, hard on Obama though, because you yeah. do have to remember and yeah. repeat that he had more deportations during his administration. Yeah, and drone strikes. Uh, yeah, like he is very problematic, despite yes. the fact that I do I, love him. I just miss having a competent <laughs> person. Yeah. Yeah. Someone who could speak and who could read. And who at least professed uh, good values, even if yes. he didn't always follow them. Like, at yeah. least he right. was encouraging them to other yes. people. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, it's it's very complicated, obviously. Yeah. It's easy to see why, like, in 2016, as there was a shift in power coming, no matter who it was going to be, yes. like, from mm-hmm. the Obama years to, yeah. you know, to things that people weren't totally yeah. and this about. idea that that people are angrier now because they like because obama had his presidency and you know the general public is like okay but like that's still not enough and then the mm-hmm. other people are like you know the idiots are like you had a black president like what else do you want from us it's like right. a lot <laughs> a yeah. lot more a lot more yeah uh and so it just like ignited this like even more uh, passionate racism from racists because mm. they don't understand yeah. the actual concept of it. Right. Or yeah. History. This this the subjects covered in this in this play becoming so widely talked about in 2016 because the play was being talked about so much too, and yeah. and you know like the Mike Pence. <laughs> incident that was pretty great yeah <laughs> for anyone who that, doesn't know mike like, pence went to the show and uh the uh, the cast was like like out didn't they like say yeah at the end of the play they were just like hey we hope that you uphold the values that this play uh upholds as well and he, he just walked mad. out he got mad yeah he was like you want me to think that immigrants are good and to not hate women come mother we're leaving we're leaving yeah well he's a coward but anyway yes. um we're we're in a similar type of like potential transition time right yeah. now. Like it's another election year, and it just came out streaming. So I yeah. think that's also part of why a lot of th- 
the same conversations are happening. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Again. For sure. That is um, interesting. I don't think about that. Do we want to just thumbs up, thumbs down? Do we like it? Oh, wait. What's everyone's favorite light motif? Todd said, one of the questions should be, what is everyone's favorite light motif? And I was like, okay, do you want to tell everyone what a light yeah, motif is? I would have to is? listen to everyone answer first. Before I, I said, yes. Formal. I said, Mary, yes, I'm a born pedant. I would love to. <laughs> okay. Go for it. Okay. Explain. Well, look, light motif properly, I think, occurs more in classical music and opera. But it's basically a like a melody that recurs. So my mm-hmm. favorite. I thought you were talking about like lighting. <laughs> no, it's it's, uh, it's German, I think. L-E-I-T-M-O-T-I-V. I also thought you were talking about the lighting. I was yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. mean like in Little Women? I was like, definitely my favorite lighting moment is when George says he feels blue and taps his thing and changes <laughs> and the light. And it changes the light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, That's my favorite one. light motif. <laughs> so, like, for me, I love the, uh, you know, every time they say uh, Alexander Hamilton, they sort of say, like, Alexander Hamilton or... Uh, Aaron Burr, sir. Like, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My like favorite that. is that in the second act, when, uh, Angelica comes to visit during Take a Break, uh, they see each other and they, like, you know, scream, like, yay! And, uh, Eliza says, Angelica. And Angelica Eliza. says, Eliza. And then Hamilton walks in and, like, Lynn does this thing that he does a lot where he sort of chokes up while he's singing and he goes, the Skyler sisters. And I, it gets me every time. <laughs> It, like, chokes me up, which is just really preparing me for the rest of the second act, which also made me cry a bunch. So, like, that's my favorite sort of, like, recurring musical melody. I don't think that I've seen it or listened to the music enough to, like, have a favorite. Yeah, that's I will tell you, though, and I know that I mentioned this yesterday, my least favorite is them saying rise up over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Falcons. That's fair. It's gonna make me think of the Falcons, because that's... Like, if you Google Rise Up, Falcons pictures show up very yeah. close to the top. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a big football thing. And I'm like, no, that that's what the, the bad guys say, Rise Up. So I don't know. I mean, I've listened to it a bunch, and I don't know that I have, like, a favorite. <laughs> I love Satisfied. I love how every time they say Satisfied, that was they gonna be my answer. sing part of the they song. Sing, yeah. Damn it, Mary. I need to watch it again before I can answer that question. But one thing that I will say I love is one, like, just little character thing I love is how very much Prince Thomas Jefferson is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) yeah. That's true. Just the purple. I I love the, like, arrogant flamboyance of that performance. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, like... He's like it. when he's when he's singing "What Did I Miss?" He's just like moving and sh- and like dancing Jaunty. the entire song, mm-hmm. like dancing yeah. on his heels in a way that I couldn't do while also singing. Talent, talent. This is what yeah. I'm talking about. Just so much talent. Also, I know we've said we've said this a little bit, but like, can I just shout out Leslie Odom Jr. one more time? Yes, he's so good at yes. this. So he's good. so good. And my favorite song is uh, what's that one he does that is like so good? I don't know because <laughs> wait for. I think yeah, I think Aaron Burr gets all the best songs. He does, yeah. I think so. Well, it's because, and I know we haven't said this, we've kind of talked about it via text, but like Lin Manuel Miranda is not a good singer. He's <laughs> or just actor. not. He's just not like <laughs> he can carry a tune, but he's kind of got one speed, and it's Lin. And it's like Lynn. he can yeah. be himself, and that's it. Like he, and he can do a frog brings, voice when he's choking up a little. He bit. brings sort of like his personality to Alexander Hamilton yeah. when we saw it live. Hamilton totally had a completely different vibe totally because different it vibe. wasn't Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah. It was interesting. 
if you watch In the Heights, Usnavi just seems like Lynn. is just him. Like he has one speed. He's good at what he does. He's an excellent lyricist. Yeah. He's an excellent uh writer. Yeah. But performing isn't he's really enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. He's really earnest and I like that. But he's not gonna like uh do something that seems yeah. totally unrelated to him. I was listening to a podcast where someone said, I wouldn't want to watch Lin-Manuel in something that he didn't write for himself. And I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, he knows what he can do, and he can write for himself. It's not a Texas wear... accent. I'll tell you that. He cannot do a yeah. Texas accent. But yeah. And I would also honestly Jr. rather see someone else do something that he wrote. Because right. as much as he he wrote this for himself and knows his limitations, I also feel like it's so... It's like you're watching him go toe-to-toe with Leslie Odom Jr. and David Diggs. And you're just yeah. like, there's no, like, no. Like, you just, yeah. the contrast in, like, talent on display, like, f- like performance-wise is, mm-hmm. like, almost embarrassing for him. And, like, clearly he's <laughs> very <laughs> talented. He's a very yeah. talented writer. Yeah. Obviously, yes. he wrote all the jams in Moana. Yeah. 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 Which is, He's, but he didn't like. Him, I'm. So. N- I would never argue that he isn't like an incredible writer. Like yes. he is, yeah. and musician, and like the storyteller. Um, but yeah, I just feel like you don't have to cast yourself in things. I feel the right. same way about certain directors who cast themselves in things, and Oof. I'm like, dude, you can't act. Like Quentin Tarantino loves to put himself in a bit yeah. role, and I'm just Sigh. like, dude, you cannot act. Um, so uh, yeah. But I, yeah. I uh, second your, you know, opinion of Leslie Odom Jr., who is just, like, so fantastic. He's yeah. so fantastic. And, like, he has mm, such a nice singing voice. I was mm-hmm. trying to think of something, yeah. like, that sounds better than that. But, like. No, he just, he's, he's very, like, smooth. Like, it just clear as a bell mm-hmm. when he's singing. Yeah. Yeah. When, when the women first entered um, last night. Justin was like, wow, the women sing a lot better than the men in this. And I was like, I think <laughs> that also all the men sing better than Lynn Manuel Miranda. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's who we're comparing it's the women's like, voices to. Yeah. They, it's Anthony Ramos. Pretty huge. Sings, sings great. Leslie Odom Jr. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Diggs does not really sing. He mostly raps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah but his I rapping mean, is so good. But, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, but so I mean, I really do think that all of these parts were so specifically written for people. Yeah. Like yeah. when Manuel Miranda was like, okay, this is going to be David Diggs. I'm going to write a really fast rap. That's what he can do. Mm-hmm. He's really good at it. This is going to be cool singing. I'm going to write it for Leslie Odom Jr. This is going to be like a serious fatherly Well, there song. was Leslie Odom Get Jr. Chris wasn't the there. first Aaron Burr, though. So oh. I don't know that he wrote he it not? for him. No, he wasn't who played Aaron Burr off Broadway. And I feel like now I should shout out who was. So hold on a minute. Um, and I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe he did write some more songs specifically for Leslie Maybe Adam, not. I mean, I know, I know he thought of Chris Jackson when writing Washington. Yes, that he is thought right. about David Diggs. He rewrote, from what I heard, he rewrote some of Guns and Chips to make it even faster yeah. when he realized how fast David Diggs But maybe rap. not Leslie Odom Jr. It's just like, but you know, he didn't write a bunch of singing for himself because he... Okay, I'm not yeah. going to be able to say this name. So, um, Utkarsh Ambudkar oh, yeah. was the Utkarsh original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the original... Sorry. I don't know. Who is it? He's, uh, so Lin-Manuel Miranda and I, and a bunch of other people, including perhaps David Diggs, did a, 
like a sort of review on yeah. Broadway called Freestyle Love Supreme. It was and like Utah a well, it was like an improv show. Yes, it, right. There's a documentary like an on Hulu about it yeah. if you want to see. But hmm. yeah, and actually, yeah. like on that documentary, um, Utkarsh is that how you say his first name? Utkarsh, yeah. He yeah. talks about how um, one of the things that he regrets most in his life is not like sticking with Hamilton, yeah. but he was dealing with issues of like alcoholism at the time. Yeah. Um, he was in, I mean, like, I guess probably most famously he was in, uh, pitch perfect. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like he's, you know, getting back to favorite light motif. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that my other favorite, cause I was going to say satisfied just cause I love that song. And I, I like, how that fits in with the other one I'm going to say, which is the, would that be enough or it would be enough? Um, Cause I just think that that is, it's such a beautiful melody that, yeah. that that little line has and the yeah. way that it like repeats and kind of slides itself into other songs is like, so it's so like recognizable and just sort of like, like stabs your heart a little bit every yeah. time. You there's, hear it. there's a TikTok I'm obsessed with it. I'll have to send it to you guys. It's like, the caption is, my cat, when I'm waking up before 2 p.m. to go back to class. Alexander, come back to sleep. <laughs> it's just like a close-up <laughs> of the cat. <laughs> oh, my God. meeting out of town. Oh, my Still God. dark outside. I know. <laughs> it's so good. That's so funny. Um, also, also, of course, I have been just sort of staring at Mary sometimes and just, like, stretching out my hand and saying, Best of wives and best of women. Oh, you know, like, my Leave goodness. the bedroom or something. <laughs> so corny. Uh, I'm into yeah, but it. Also, I'm like, Philippa Sue is really amazing, and her voice yes. is yeah. so beautiful. And just, like, like we were saying, she kind of gets, like, the short end of the stick when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, her yeah. character. But she right. does have some really beautiful, like, song moments. Like, um... Burn. Burn is really, really Burn beautiful. Is great. And she carries <laughs> the ending great. of the musical, like, yes. sort of yeah. on purpose, but, like, if you're not crying by the, the time orphanage. she gets to the orphanage, like, what are you doing? I'm, like, cracking up when, like, the entire, like, cast is, like, the orphanage. I'm, like, you. It's this sounds silly. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I was bawling. I was bawling. It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. But, uh, because, uh, guys, don't you understand? Alexander Hamilton was an orphan, so it's, like... She did it for him. It comes full but circle. But they wouldn't let uh, children born out of wedlock be in that orphanage anyway. Oh, boy. <laughs> that didn't get mentioned. No. <sighs> you mean the ones who are Yikes. more likely to be orphans? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Um. So, but, like, when she, in that song, too, she says, you know, she lists all these things she does, and then she says, it's not enough. It's not right. enough. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just really, I love that mm. uh, mm-hmm. light motif. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and of course, like, it does the thing at the end of the first act where it's like, hey, we're going to take all these songs from throughout the the first act and sing them all at the same time. Isn't that fun? And it is. It's really it fun. Is. I always, one of my, like, one of my fave things musicals. about musicals is when they just, yeah. like, yeah. put them all on top of each other. I'm like, it's yeah. working. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> How did they do that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for talking about Hamilton. Yeah. Yay. Anytime. Yeah. Glad I finally watched it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for letting me be on this app, guys. Yeah, of course. I didn't cry during this recording, but I did no cry. No problem, Hamilton. Every time. Every time I have Hamilton. listened or seen Hamilton. <laughs> yeah.
we do have a piece of listener feedback mm-hmm. from Most Emily's dad. Yeah, <laughs> he sent it to me three times. Good. Um, did he do that on purpose, or uh, <laughs> was that like a failure of his text messages? No, he said the text after this was like, "You're trying to get me to think before I'm awake." Um, let me make sure that he didn't send me anything else. Um, cause I think after that he was just talking to me about, um, what's going on in Portland with cops going around in unmarked vehicles yeah. and abducting Terrifying. people essentially. Um, we live so, in a police state. Yeah. <laughs> Love this country. So that, that is just an aside my dad talked to me about after he gave me his feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, uh, so a couple of episodes ago for our last other episode, we talked about, Stamped from the Beginning, written by Amber Max Kendi. And my dad also read that book along with us and listened to the episode. And he said, um, I think the most important truth in the book is that racist beliefs stem from racist policies designed to promote self-interest and the contortions people create to justify those policies. Um, yeah, I think if you were going to like boil down the book to like one, like, what is this book about? I think that's a good summary of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks. Thanks for explaining that. We shouldn't have done this whole episode. We should have just let you say that. Yes. And then we would have been like, yep, that's it. That's true. <laughs> and that would be enough. <laughs> <laughs> I won't stop. <laughs> that's great. That's great. We also want to take a second to plug two things important to us you may have already seen on social media that we are sort of promoting encouraging people to donate to a scholarship that was created in adam's name adam emily's brother um you might remember him he was a guest on our show for the girl with all the gifts um there is a scholarship created in his name it's a travel scholarship for students who might not otherwise be able to travel internationally mm-hmm. so that they can have the experience of getting to travel because Adam loved to travel and um, was a big advocate for traveling as part of an education. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Emily's family is matching donations up to a certain point and every little bit counts they're trying to get the scholarship to be a permanent feature at UGA. Yeah, we really need those donations right now um, in order to make sure that we can get the scholarship to um, continue running. I don't know how scholarships work. That's not my deal in this whole thing. I'm just there to be like, yeah, sounds good. Um, But the people who do know about these things know that there's a certain amount of money that we need to have um, to make sure that we continue to have funds to support students. We've been able to do this for two years in a row at this point. So it's really exciting. And we, and like, obviously nobody's traveling right now, but that doesn't mean that we won't be in the future. Um, and so we want to continue to be able to give those opportunities to people and remember my brother in a really like special way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And his Um, birthday is coming up and happy birthday, Adam. Happy birthday, Adam. Miss you. The link to donate. Um, it's going to be in our show notes, but you can also find it on our Facebook and it's currently in our Instagram bio as well. So plenty of ways to find it. Of course. And Susan, 
Feels a little weird to follow that with this. But <laughs> we should have done it in the opposite Here way. we are. <laughs> I know. I, as soon as we started talking about the scholarship, I was like, ooh, we really should have reversed this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> Let's just kind of like erase the slate. We're talking about yeah, something Yeah, this is something now. if you need to laugh now. Yeah. Um, but, um, the uh, chief creative um, person at my at the company I work for has created – this card game called Two Trumps and a Lie um, that he invited me to work on with him. So we have been putting this game together and we're trying to get the first run of it produced. Um, so we have a Kickstarter for this game, but um, it's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. You know the game Two Truths and a Lie, so these cards will have two Trump quotes and another thing. Um, but you'd be surprised how many other wild things sound just like Trump quotes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're trying to make game night great again. And if you could maybe oh, no. kick in a little money, we um, we have um, about a third of what we need raised so far. But and I love. I feel that like you the, would like the game. So. The box says the best game with the best words. <laughs> yes, one of the rules for gameplay is that like whoever loses is supposed to immediately get on social media and say it's like fake news and that they actually won. Yeah. Instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if you want to play that game, um, please, please check out the Kickstarter and just like throw a couple Link dollars in at us, our maybe. show notes. I throw cannot wait money to play this game. So let's make this happen, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the show notes. The blog is back. It's back. The blog is back. The blog is back. This blog back. I don't know what to say in this part to make it uh, some lyrics. Now on the blog, we have many cool things for you to check out. The Babysitter's Club post that we mentioned last episode, I think, or we're formulating, creating last Yes, time. it's, it's, it's happened. It's now. here. We've, we've done it. It's happened. Um, I really feel like I just have so much more I could say about Babysitter's Club. I know. So good. It's so good. But yeah, we just did the Speaking one. of things that made me cry, Babysitter's yeah, Club. Yeah, Babysitter's Club for sure did. Um, Kelly and I have a new book club. Yeah. We kind of talked it about is it called, last time, but go ahead. Uh, Queer Girl Book Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we did a discussion of In the Dream House by Carmen Maria Machado, uh, which we, spoiler alert, really liked a lot. Yes. Um, but we both talked about kind of our personal experiences, uh, in relation to the book, which is about um, an abusive uh, lesbian relationship. Mm. And um, it's a really good book. And I think that we had a really interesting conversation about it. So Yeah, if we do say I so ourselves, we were really yeah, interested. I, mean, I agree. I, mean, I read it. <laughs> I'm always interesting. So yeah. there's that. Um, but uh, yeah, check it out and definitely read that book. Yeah, uh, if you haven't, and uh, we will be talking about another queer book in August, September. September. I thought we decided every other month. Is what we yeah, said. I think yeah. we did. September. I don't know what month it is. Are you kidding? Oh, right now. <laughs> yeah, it's June. What is it? Yeah, months um, aren't real. No. Yeah. What's up next? 
Well, I'm so glad you asked, Mary. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You're, you asked yourself. It's time for me to host again. <laughs> um, next this happens time, often. We are going to yeah. be reading Magic for Liars by Sarah Gailey. I know very little about this book, except maybe it's a mystery and maybe there's a magic school. Yay. <laughs> but I'm very excited to read it. I read this book. I'm into before. it so far. Todd read it and he didn't like it. No, that's a spoily. <gasps> He didn't a like spoily. It. And I said, well, that's okay. I like it so yeah. far, but I, maybe I am I won't. fully prepared for you all to read this and love it and me to look like a clown. <laughs> I'm clown. fine with it. Oh, man. I, you know, I'll just send in my uh, my user feedback next time. will just be me putting on clown makeup and turning to the camera. <laughs> Good, yes. You know, just because you dislike something that we yeah, like, that doesn't mean you're wrong. Like, Unless it's musicals and then Emily thinks you're wrong. No, yeah. I just yes. don't understand. She just hates you as a person. (laughs) (laughs) I I just have I just trouble I just have trouble understanding it. Just as I have trouble understanding Mm -hmm. people who don't like cats, I just don't relate. That's all. Mm -hmm. I get it. After Magic for Liars on our next other episode, we will be talking about the Secret Garden Garden. question mark. Yeah. We will be talking about. We will Susan, be talking are you leading about that I was like holding out a tiny bit of hope that you were just going to surprise me. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> no. I was like, maybe they decided without me as a gift. It's a gift. It's a treat. <laughs> a gift Wait, for what, Susan? For what? That's how much I think about it. <laughs> it's not your birthday. <laughs> okay, yeah. Please do that. That would actually be a thing I would like for my birthday. <laughs> that would be a good birthday gift. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk we'll about, think it. about it. We'll talk about it. It's also a really Aquarius move to just make you do an episode I want on my birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to talk about The Secret Garden a while back, but then, you know, things happen. It got pushed. Movies Stuff got pushed happened. back. Yeah. Um, but it is getting released on demand. So uh, we will be able to watch it and discuss it for our next other episode. And you, too, will be able to watch it and listen, listen. to us discuss it. Yeah. I mean, you can discuss uh, it, too, just not on the show. Yeah, yeah you can discuss yeah. it in, in yeah. person, or you Privately. can discuss it by sending us an email or hitting us up on social media. You can email us about that or about Hamilton or about anything else ever, as always, and we will read it uh, at the squad at booksquadgoals.com. Our website is booksquadgoals.com, where you can visit our blog and check out all of our extremely intelligent ramblings. Uh, you can go and visit us on social media. We are at Booksquadgoals on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love to hear from you. We love to receive pictures of your pets. Uh, we would love it, especially if you would subscribe to us on whatever podcast app you use, but also if you have a minute to spare and a little bit of goodwill in your heart, please visit Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. That would be so helpful. We are still trying to get out here and get more listeners, um, and we appreciate all the people who are listening. We love you guys. Yeah. Uh, and we're so glad that you're here with us still after all this time. Warning. We forgot to say spoiler warnings for Hamilton. Spoiler warnings. It's history. I mean. It's just literal <laughs> history. You know. Wait, hold on. Hamilton is killed by Burr? I didn't know. Ah! Burr kills Hamilton? Well, in our defense, Burr tells you he's going to do this in the opening. Oh, yeah, wait. That's true. Seconds. The first song ends with, like, I shot him. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so spoilies. If you're mad at us, you're mad at Aaron Burr himself. Mm-hmm. He told yeah. you. He told you he was yeah. going to do it. We just repeated as, it. As played by Leslie Odom Jr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boo-doo. Boo-doo. Okay. Boo-doo. Bye. Boo-doo. Bye. Did you hear that? Did you get the reference? No. That was y'all's outro music. Oh. Boo-doo. Oh. Boo-doo. I'll try to line it up. Ha, 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 ha.